0: you can remind yourself that likely this is an expected thing that's going to happen. You know, we know this is the first time they're away from home, You might be a bit homesick. And a recent National of Union Student Survey um, found out that about 70% of young people feel homesick at some point. So this could well be your young person.
1: Hello, this is Louise and a very warm welcome to Successful Student Transitions, A Time to Thrive. So, this is our second episode in the new eight-part series, Family Change at University Transition, aimed to support parents of first-year university students. I wonder how it's all going? You may have just dropped your young person off at university, or perhaps that was a week or or so ago, and I wonder how much contact you've had with your young person. Now, Elizabeth and I know as parents how the phone calls home can go and how challenging the panic calls can sometimes be, which is why this episode is all about managing panic calls home. We hope that it gives you some ideas for supporting your young person in the best way possible. Please help us to promote this show by following, subscribing and sharing with other parents. Also, if you want to, please rate and review the show on your podcast app of choice. Remember, we're also running a parallel series for first-year students, so please point them in this direction, and also maybe have a little listen yourself. Now on with today's episode. So this is our second
0: week, week two, focused at parents, a parent topic. It's about supporting your young adult, this new student, when they've gone off to university. And you might get that panic call. And why we're going to talk about this is because it happens to all of us. Um, Louise has uni- it's currently university age students um, and, and children, and I have, and um, we've we've all heard it. We've all been received this call, and also as a psychologist, I work with young people who are at university, and so this is quite a common thing. Helping and supporting them, um, helping and supporting parents, and. And also, Louise, as you're uh, that well-being expert, you also know that um, this is tough when these things happen to parents. It
1: really saps your own well-being, doesn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yes, totally. And I think it's, um, yeah, it's it can be such an emotional moment for a parent, I think, when you hear and receive that panic or Um but there are things that are ways to approach it. And that's what we're going to share with you today. So hopefully it won't be won't feel quite so challenging if it does happen to you. So our five we've got there are five tips.
0: And tip number one the first one is be grateful that they've contacted you, that they've shared it with you. Because some young people, when they're struggling, they don't share. So um you can remind yourself that likely this is an expected thing that's going to happen. You know, we know this is the first time they're away from home, they might be a bit homesick. And a recent National of Union Student Survey um, found out that about 70% of young people feel homesick at some point. So this could well be your young person. Um, And it might not be be at the start of the term. We're talking about it as if it is the start of the term. It might be, you know, well into the year or in the second year. Or it could be at different points. So try not to be surprised when it happens because it is a natural thing. It's natural because they're a long way from home. Maybe, maybe physically, you know, there's that distance. They're learning to be on their own. They're exhausted. Maybe there is an exam period coming up. So, there might be feelings of you know anxiety or just about not being settled. Um, so be grateful that they've contacted you and be thinking about how to keep in contact if they're if they're struggling in some way, and also to keep communication channels as open as they can be. So we'd say, watch out for I'm gonna say these words blaming and shaming a little bit like. You know, we might be tempted to say in a panic way ourselves, but I thought you were settled. I thought you were fine. I thought you were all right. That might kind of like sound to them like I shouldn't be feeling like this. Okay. So watch out for those things. Saying things, we're going to talk to you about how you keep those communication channels open and stay in touch. Maybe even be thinking about how, discuss how you're going to stay in touch. Enough, but not too much you need to give them a chance to be there. I mean, I know a student that was struggling and their decision was they weren't far away from university and they went home every weekend. And although that was reassuring to both parents and and the young adult, they didn't necessarily get the chance to really settle and make friends and be social there. Mm. So, I mean, today, all of the things we're going to be talking about is a bit of a balancing act. So you need to kind of, almost do the things that reassure them that, you know, they're going to be fine there. So tip yeah. number one is keep connected and be grateful they share that communication. Anything else to say on that one? Louis?
1: Yeah, I was going to say, it's so easy as a, as a parent to say, oh, we'll just come home. It sounds like you need a bit of TLC at home. And, yeah, you know, sometimes that might be the answer. Um, you know your child well. If they've been at university for a number of weeks and um, you really feel that they're run down, and they do need a bit of a break, then perhaps that's the right thing. But equally, if they're running away, and you probably can tell that from the conversation you're having with them, um, then yeah, perhaps there's a conversation to be had there about what they're running away from and what they could start to do to 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 engage and solve those challenges. Definitely, yeah.
0: so it's all about communication, isn't it, Louise? Yeah, yeah. What about so tips? on that.
1: What yes, about too? Too <laughs> yes. is is continues that, that, that theme and it is really about listening, acknowledging, and validating your child um, or your young person. Um, you know, you might, they may just phone to vent, it may just be that they need to get something off their chest, and you are the person on the receiving end, tough though that is, <laughs> your role is to just hold the phone and, and listen. Um to to what they want to share with you. And, I mean, as a parent, you want to hear it um, uh, because, of course, you want to know what's going on for them. um, But it can can be hard sometimes. Um, But as you listen, try to listen for the issue. So try to listen, not thinking about what you're going to say next um, or what you think you need to tell them to do as a result of what's going on. Listen to understand what's going on. So the issues might be around friendships, um, often that is a, a theme in the first term um, definitely from my experience. It might be about work, they've messed up somewhere, they've missed a deadline. it might be that they're missing home. yeah and they're wanting to tell you and to perhaps hear you say you're missing them as well, but you know it's fine we'll'll we'll, we'll cope. Um, and they may set, be setting themselves really high expectations, you know that perfectionist streak coming through and therefore really pushing themselves. Um, They may be completely disorganized and not getting stuff done that they really need to get done. And perhaps they're not admitting to that to to you straight away. So there's some listening, perhaps a few questions around that. And then of course, this current time, money is often the challenge for students. So it could also be a a financial issue or worry around whether they have enough to, to live on. I think a lot of students will say things like, "I should be able to do this," and I thought this would have happened by now. You know, I thought by now I would have made five good friends. Um, I thought by now I would have got an A star in my assignments. Um, so listen for those, um, and you know, ask them some more questions about questions about those. Um, ask them what's worrying them, and important thing is try not to panic and it's very easy to anxiety and and worry is, is contagious and it's very easy as a parent and I speak from personal experience here to sort of catch that anxiety and then to wind it up yourself or help wind it up by saying you know oh this is no this isn't sounding right and that shouldn't be happening and um you know try to avoid doing that um it's not to say that they perhaps shouldn't be worried about something, of course they should, but us building that worry in their mind further is not going to be helpful. And um, so you really want to give them some time um, to, to borrow, I guess, your strength as a parent, you know, that these things are resolvable, things will get brighter um, uh, and, and, and to give them that sense that it's not the quite the catastrophe that perhaps they're they're thinking it might be. Um, But of course, agreeing that it can be hard. So there's a balance there, isn't there? That there's this struggle, but struggles don't last forever. Things will improve. But when you're in the midst of that struggle, it can feel really tough. And um, that's kind of the way life is at times. Um, And recognising, you know, it takes time to make new friends. So the podcast for this week on the student side of the podcast is all about friendships. So perhaps take a listen to that as a parent. So you're ready if this arises because there's some five tips there for making friends in the first weeks and months of university but it takes time to make friends and I know from my daughter that some of her friends are the same i.e they're the people she met in the first few weeks but her friendship group evolved throughout the year and I suspect that will be the same for your your child your daughter your your son You know, friendships evolve over time and change, and that will be true for everyone. Um, They may be worried about work and how they plan their work, you know, and the important thing about this is they're adjusting to independent learning. It's a very different way of learning compared to probably the way they were learning at school. Yeah, There's a lot more personal responsibility, and they have to work out their routines. Um, one of the points that students made in the podcasts that we did interviewing students, which is a podcast 11 to 15, they all talked about the importance of developing routines, um, that routines really help them to settle in. Um, and you're getting to know the new place. It takes time to know yourself, know your way around, and to feel comfortable um and it's important to remind them that these big feelings they come and go so they're feeling like this right now but they won't hang around forever and especially if they do take some steps to go out and do other things they'll probably find that some of these feelings will subside um but don't rush into fixing things for them um you know this is about independence this is about learning to do things for themselves so elizabeth anything else you would add to that well you
0: know i i think you know it's easy to say listen acknowledge validate but really hard to do in practice <laughs> isn't it but actually if you do that you get the number one that first tip kind of sorted that's going to help your communication mm-hmm. um I i remember working with somebody a, a long time ago and um, they were explaining to me the kind of complexity of their situation and how difficult it was. And and I kind of was trying to judge, I was listening and understanding, but also wanting to kind of think about, well, what do we do about it? So I did that thing of, I asked them, do you think you've explained to me enough about, you know, about then what we can do about it, How you know, how I'm understanding it. You've given me a really good picture. Is it ready to go on to think about what we can do? And they said no. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes that kind of, it takes quite a long time to listen and understand and appreciate what's going on first before you get into kind of let's think about what we do about it. And, of course, the more you can do that, the better the connection will be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So when we think then about what do we what do you do after after that, then number tip number three is, and I'm going to use this word in particular, help them problem solve. <laughs> Not you do it, but help them do it. That resists being the fixer thing, um, because when we're kind of stressed about something and anxious, um, we we often tend to make maybe quick decisions or we we're doing things fast. And so maybe it's a good thing just to try as the parent to slow things down, give them time to think and reflect. And in the first instance, be asking them, well, what do you think will help? So you're viewing them as comp- having competence, not that you've got the, all the answers to everything. So give them a chance to step back, think about what they can do, Encourage them to think about how they can support themselves. You know, what are they good at? What their strengths are? What do they enjoy doing? Maybe help them think about how far they've come to settling into this new place and the things that they've been doing that maybe help. So how they can connect to all that, the good stuff that's been going on. And, you know, some of them might say, I don't know what to do. I think I might be lost. I I really don't know. And of course, you know, then there's a chance to think about, well, let's think about what options you've got. So you can then suggest stuff. But I'd say in the first instance, try and ask them, try and ask them, because you will never know what's going to help them. I've had loads of experience of that with my own children, even when they were young as five, saying, what do you think will help? And they came up with amazing things that I would never have guessed in any, you know, any, any, any way at all. So then if they don't know, you can you can go back to thinking about what might help. And recently we've been Louise and I have been talking about lots of lot, to lots of parents about what do they do when they get this panicky call. And one of them said to me, well, you know, their child said, "What happens if you look in the mirror and you don't see yourself? Well, how freaky this parent could have been. But what she did was she she took a deep breath, and she gave them things to do. She said, get something hot to eat, go and be with a friend, go and watch some football, go and get, you know, try and get something to, to uh, get some good sleep and I'll call you tomorrow. So, you know, what she's doing, what she did there really quite successfully and it worked was connecting with those fundamentals that we talked about earlier um, in earlier series in the well-being fundamental series about you know eating sleeping connecting with others being active doing something around other people so you know if they don't know what to do you obviously can offer up some suggestions um and follow up with you know how it's working and and stuff like that so think
1: about problem solving anything else you'd add on that one louise yeah i think i just reiterated one one of the things you said which is kind of Focusing them on what they've achieved so far, I just think that is something that they won't be thinking about particularly um, because we generally don't. I bet if I asked you as the parent, you know, "What have you achieved since your child left home?" I wonder if you <laughs> have had been having those things, thoughts at all, because um, we don't. We don't. We tend to think about what we've still got to do, and oh my goodness, that to do list. But yeah get them to list for you what they've achieved in those first few days and weeks and months, however long it's been, um, because there will be many things and you might need to guide them slightly to different areas of their lives, but there will be many things. And, you know, that helps them to see what they're doing to own it. And that's, that's a really powerful thing. Um, And I think there's also as a visual just to share this one, because I, I went to a talk at my daughter's school quite a number of years ago, but I have never forgotten it. It was about a guy who's an ex-headmaster. He was talking about developing resilience in your young people. And he said, you know, this is the sort of visual I want you to have as a parent. You're mowing a lawn and I don't want to see stripy lawns that just go up and down, up and down. Um, perfectly laid out for your kids. So really, his, his metaphor was a, a lawn should be full of tufts of grass that you haven't cut because those are up to the kids to sort out for themselves. We need to develop that resilience for them. Um, so that that, yeah, every time I'm now thinking about sorting stuff for my kids, I try to ask myself that question. Am I mowing the lawn for them or build, helping them build their resilience?
0: A nice one. Nice one. So
1: what about tip four, Louise? Yes, so hopefully if you follow these first three tips and you know, things aren't hugely serious and we'll come on to that, that's the final tip. So if you are thinking, well, what do I do if my child is seriously anxious? We we are going to talk about that in a minute. But assuming these are little hiccups, little um, tufts of grass for your children, for your kids to sort, sort out for themselves, things will get back to an even keel and you'll hopefully have a conversation with them a bit later, which will be, yes, things have settled down and I feel good and things are working well. And I think then is really a good time to reflect back on, you know, what did you do to support them? What worked well? Um, What might you do differently um, that might be even better next time for when the next wobble arises? Because as parents, you know, my parents say wobbles continue out throughout life. (laughs) you're always a parent once a parent always a parent um so yeah we can learn as parents as well in terms of the successes of our support and perhaps sometimes the times when we don't support to the best of our abilities um and also remember to take care of yourself as well because when you're dealing with this kind of scenario as a parent you know it's emotionally draining um it's so difficult not to jump in the car and go and sort it out it really is that's what you want to do let's be honest that's you know we all feel that we want to go and give them a hug and and help them in you know physically there but often that's as we've said for the reasons above not the best thing to do but it's still tough for us to control that so self-care go and talk to someone find yourself another parent who's going through something similar and um, share your stories and support each other and um, that's really important
0: yeah i agree i agree in all of those things and you know knowing about what's helped it's them learning about themselves about what they can do to support their own well-being isn't it
1: yes yeah. Absolutely. These
0: are the things that work for me. This is my kind of individual strategy. So it's a good one to know. Yeah. And tip number five is, if, you know, as Louise said earlier, you know your young adult best. If you've got a gut feeling that things are not going in a good direction, if you see that there's, you know, a decline, that maybe they're not eating or there's a change in mood and behavior, they're not sleeping, there's, They're not working, they're not seeing people. um, It's time to kind of step in and do something about it. And of course, what we're saying is is that for a lot of young people, we're saying first, help them do it. But this might be a time for you to do it. Mm -hmm. So we'd, we'd say, you know, find out what's available at universities and on any website, if you look under what to do when students are struggling, there are huge amounts of resources now at university, you know, with GPs close to university or some GPs just for students. They'll have wellbeing services. They'll have counselling services. So, I mean, navigating through all of this, if a young person's feeling really not quite themselves, will be hard. And so this is a time for you as an adult to step in with them to do that because it will be hard to navigate on their own. So we'd say, find out what helps available, and help them access it, um, because they'll need the support to do that. You know, sometimes when I look at services and university, I go, oh, well, how do you do this? How do you how do you do that? And I'm, I think I'm of sound mind and my well being's all right. So it's sometimes just really complicated, and sometimes you have to fill in forms and return them and do things. So they'll actually need a lot of um, help there and some university services parents can contact them you know there's there will be that student confidentiality that you know they're 18 likely now and so they might not be able to share information with you but you can tell them i'm worried about the my you know my child i'm worried about this this has been happening follow that through with them because it's good for you to communicate that and and tell them and then it's you know of course it's a lot of their responsibility to do it and you will find that on the, on their websites they'll say something like in exceptional circumstances and with the student's written consent support services may communicate with parents or a third party if there's an if there's a if there's, a, if there's a, somebody working with them a professional working with them so they will they will talk with people if the university deems it's the interest of the of the student and i think for some students that is true certainly i've worked like that we want to keep these young people in university doing what they want to do and they may need you know an increased level of support to do it i have, i think we have to remember that for for a lot of young people you know most of them will get through all of this but for some of them, they will need these additional services. So be thinking about how you can support them in doing that. And that it's a time for you to kind of step up with them. It's not easy yeah. to say, but I think it's really important, you know, go with that gut feeling. Mm. You you know, we, we were saying earlier that we want your, your young person to be doing a lot independently. This is a time that it might be hard for them to do that.
1: Yeah. And I think that links to communication. So as a parent, you know how your, your young person will normally communicate with you. Um, I guess the, the, the challenging one is perhaps where your young person doesn't communicate particularly anyway. Um, so how, how do you know? Um, so that perhaps is one reason to agree with them, as we said in the previous podcast, you know, how often you're gonna communicate and, and how. Um, just so that you can check in, and so that they know that you're there and you're you know you you're you there and available should they need you. Um, yeah, it may even be helpful to signpost that at the beginning to say, look, hopefully this is going to be smooth and that you're going to be fine. you'll have hiccups, but you know it's not going to you know, you're not going to hit real trouble. But if you do, you need to you know, know that we are here for you and you pick up the phone. Um, and yeah. And as as Elizabeth just said, gut reaction, yeah, if you think this is totally not right, this is not how they normally behave, then get straight in there <laughs> and go and give them all the support they need.
0: And 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 one of well, I kind of last thing on that on this to say, I think is in our one of our earliest podcasts, I can't remember which one it is, but it's asking for help, a lot of young people when they go off to university, they don't know before they go, if they had needed some support, where they go for help. So that's a good one to kind of listen into too. Because if you do have a bit of an inkling about they might need some help when they go, and of course we never really know, but maybe it's good to say to all all of our young adults going off to university, if you need some support, this is what you do. You go to this place, you do that, look online, there are these things there so that they do know that, a lot of people make use of these services and they're there
1: to meet a need. And I think that's a really positive thing about a lot of the wellbeing services at universities now. Um, you know, they're more, um, well, they're signposted, number one. More clearly students know they exist. Hopefully they are told about them. I think generally they are in those early days. Um, they receive leaflets about them. So they just going and knowing where they are you don't need to access them but just knowing where they would go their tutors are also often a good port of you know first call um just to say to and signpost to the tutor i'm i'm, tra- I'm having trouble you know, can you help and often they will be able to give them some advice and direct them so okay so i think that's everything for today so today we've talked about the importance of communication so i've just reiterated that again but you know being Keeping that commu- those communication lines open, and being pleased to hear from them, and you know, prepared to share in these kind of conversations with them. Um, listening rather than responding initially, so listening to what they have to share with you, you no know, judgments, and just encouraging them to share what's happening and what's going on for them. Then, thirdly, helping them to problem solve. Um, resist being the fixer. Um, help them to come up with solutions themselves, and then once things have calmed down again, just take a little time to review what's helped, and also to give yourself a little bit of self-care <laughs> to um, to overcome the challenge that you've also faced. And then tip five: you know, find out what support is available. Should things go um, pear-shaped and you need additional support, um, and you know, if you feel that's how you need to go then go that way great
0: hope it helped and um yeah. you know you'll know how to deal with that panicky
1: cold now great so thanks very much and we will be back next week with the next parenting episode bye-bye for now Bye. thanks so much for listening So we mentioned a podcast episode on asking for help if you want to listen to that it's episode six why it helps to ask next week we're going to be back with another five tips to support you through your transition to an empty or emptier nest meanwhile might not take a listen to the students podcast and please direct your young person to the eight part series designed to support them in their university transition so far there are two episodes live episode 37 five tips for thriving in week one and episode 39 five tips for making friends and thriving socially at university. Episode 41 will go live on Monday and we're going to be sharing five tips to help students unleash their organizational superpowers. Yes, a post fresh as a reminder and tips for getting sorted. So please Follow, subscribe, rate and review to help us get these tips to more students and parents. We'll be back next week. Meanwhile, we wish you a trouble-free and calm week. Bye bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk.